everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hashtag SM Life. I am your host, Morgan Zupanski, and today we are talking with Joel Veenstra. He currently lives in Irvine, Orange County, California, and among the many jobs that he currently does, he is the Western Regional Director for the Stage Managers Association. Today we are going to talk about his career trajectory, which includes a very active choice to move from a film career into a theater career for stage management. We're also going to talk about taking risks in your career and the pros and cons of that, along with the Stage Managers Association. We're gonna talk about why we are a part of the SMA, some things that really interest Joel about the association, and some ways that you can get involved and uh, benefit from being a member of the SMA, regardless of where you are in your career. So, let's dive in. Joel, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Um, first and foremost, what is your current job? How are you spending your time currently? All right. So I'm uh, the Western Regional Director for the Stage Managers Association, and that takes up uh, a portion of my time, uh, which means that I'm specifically aiming to help stage managers on the West Coast or the Western region of the United States. Uh, and uh, so that uh, is defined by equities regions or, or their regional map. We're not a union, we're not associated, but it's just kind of an organizational structure that helps us. So uh, that means that we're thinking about Alaska, Arizona, California, Colorado, Hawaii, Idaho, Montana, New Mexico, Nevada, Oregon, Texas, Utah, Washington, and Wyoming. Uh, and I didn't memorize that. I had notes. <laughs> <laughs> so like a good stage manager, I write down the things that I want to make sure I get absolutely correct. So uh, within our region, we also have a, a number of vice regional representatives like yourself in Los Angeles. So thank you so much for representing the SMA up there uh, and essentially just helps us to create smaller regions and points of contact within those regions. Uh, so we have folks like yourself. We have Erin Joy Swank, who's based out of Denver, but really works all over the nation. And she's spectacular and constantly doing various events all over the country. We have Eric Smith, who's working at Cirque du Soleil in Las Vegas, Rusty Coils in Texas, Maria Source in the Pacific Northwest, and Laura Powell just direct joined us in, in San Diego, which is very exciting. Uh, and then we have other regional directors, Joe Drummond in the central region, Anthony Bullock in the eastern region, uh, and each of them have vice regional reps as well. And so it just kind of creates a, a point of contact within these areas of, of people that can be supportive to other stage managers within those regions, or as we travel across the country, like points of contact of somebody that might be helpful within that area, uh, so I'll be in New York City in August, and, uh, and through the SMA, I'm connecting with some stage managers to gather there during the time when I'm there, which is super exciting. So that takes some of my time. The other, uh, the other time that is taking up a lot of time is, is my main job, which is that I am the Associate Head of Stage Management at UC Irvine, or the University of California, Irvine. And I teach stage management, collaborative production, and improvisation. And I, we have a graduate stage management program, and I, we also guide uh, undergraduate stage managers here in developing their career. And uh, it's awesome because we uh, seem to be doing something fairly well because we have alumni working on Broadway, off-Broadway, on tours all across the country, Cirque du Soleil. Uh, some uh, have even worked in film or animation, which is kind of a different shift, but that's uh, exciting and cool. And uh, so that's another thing. And then I also still work professionally to stage manage large events or, or readings because my uh, time frame is, tends to be short, so I can usually only do smaller committed time things or, or corporate type of events uh, just because of the nature of my teaching load here at UC Irvine. So just kind of managing that out. And then I'm also a dad, so I spend a lot of time with my kids and my, and my wife, and uh, it's really uh, – that those things take up a ton of time. And I also consult with some other organizations, and uh, end of the day, I work too much, and I'm trying to balance my life a little <laughs> bit more. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's so much. Well, and didn't you just come back from London, actually? Yeah. So I, uh, within the, kind of my other area of interest of improvisation, which I think aligns really strongly with stage management and is a great kind of cross skill set to have. Uh, there's an organization called the Global Improvisation Initiative, and I helped organize a symposium over there looking at how theatrical improvisation is evolving and changing and also being applied to a variety of different realms like uh, stage management and theatrical management and how we need to constantly be present and aware and 
uh, accepting our situations and kind of building trust. And, and I think that's a, a great model of how to do that through kind of an improvisational lens. Wow. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really lucky to be able to have like a lot of things that I love to do and uh, the ability to do them. So it's amazing. Well, and that's one of the things I find so interesting about you, Joel, is like you, you've done so many different things and you continue to do so many different things at the same time. And I, I just love how you feed all the different things that you're interested in. Like you, you, you talk like you're trying to figure out balance, but I think you have some balance. Like you've figured out how to fit all these different things you're interested in into your life. And that's hard. It is. It is. And I think stage management helps to inform that, right? So I think there's a lot of overlaps and a lot of strengthening things that happen by being a, a solid stage manager. I can take those conceptualizations of how to kind of format a rehearsal in that time frame or, or schedule and then how to, again, apply that directly to my life on a personal level. And so I, I seem to uh, find kind of a lot of great parallels of how to kind of integrate the concepts and, and make them work for, for my for my world. Yeah. Well, great. so let's update everybody else because I, I know your bio, um, but let's start at the beginning and talk through uh, how you got started in stage management and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. So I first got into theater in, uh, in middle school and then going into high school performing and I thought, you know, this is okay. Uh, and then I thought that that's what I wanted to do going into college. And uh, it was okay. I, I, I really dislike memorizing. I think that's the bane mm -hmm. of my existence. I did a TEDx talk and, and they, no one told me you could have cue cards. So it, was, it ended up being really kind of awful because I couldn't memorize really well. Uh, I can improvise and, and speak in the moment, but I, I have a hard time kind of getting content down. And so that wasn't enjoyable. And uh, if you want to be an actor in theater, it seems like you get cast or you don't. And if you don't get cast, uh, it's maybe telling the universe telling you something uh, about where you should or shouldn't be. And so I wasn't uh, getting cast in the roles that I was liking. And uh, one of the things in my college world was that you'd also be required to do crew uh, positions. And so the first time that I actually had heard about the role of stage manager was when I was a board op on one of our shows. Uh, and I had this person next to me telling me when to press the buttons. I was like... That's interesting. You get to watch the show and you get to control parts of the show and uh, you're part of the show in a really key element. I like that. Um, and so that kind of uh, that kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities there. And uh, then in college, I got some other opportunities to stage management on, on a dance show and a few other things. And then coming out of school, uh, rather than getting my, my major was communication arts and sciences uh, from Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And rather than getting a minor, uh, I just overloaded on all sorts of communications things. So I was very involved in uh, the theater uh, organization there and then also within our on-campus television and a number of these other things that were very creative and very within, much in the realm of uh, communications and theater and entertainment. And, uh, and so I thought, you know, it'd be awesome if I could get a job that would do this outside of school. Uh, and then when I got to outside of school, I, I realized that no one really hires you just to do whatever you want. And so you have to be a little proactive in terms of trying to find what you want and trying to make sure you can pay the rent and uh, eat, uh, which are good things to do. Uh, and so I uh, just started applying for different jobs and I got hired uh, on a production team at uh, WZZM 13, which is an ABC affiliate in Grand Rapids. And that provided some income. And then I was able to get involved within the theater realm and do some stage management and uh, some improvisation and some other things. And then I essentially created an umbrella company to uh, house all of my creative ventures. And so for a number of years, in based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, I worked in that region doing some stage management, doing some film work, doing some, uh, some other theater work. And it was fantastic. It was a very busy and exciting time. And uh, I... I did that for a number of years. I had a number of clients that continually came back to me year after year to work with me. And I was literally at a point, you know, a number of years in where I thought, I can continue to do this until I retire, or I can take a risk and try something completely different. Uh, and I'd always uh, kind of dreamt about being involved in the mainstream film industry. And I'd worked on some projects that were kind of smaller within our region. And it's right around those times where the, uh, in Michigan, there was a 
tax incentive for film companies to come into to that region, work there. And so that was kind of exciting. Uh, but I, I really wanted to, to try to take a leap uh, and, and go to Los Angeles. And so uh, we had money that potentially we could have put a down payment on a house. I was about to get married. And uh, we had all these kind of things that were set up where it was going to be a very steady life. We could have kind of ridden that out in, in the Midwest. And I kind of threw it all up in the air and, and came out to Los Angeles without any sort of job or anything uh, to try to see what would happen uh, with the skill sets that I had and uh, see what would happen with them out in L.A. And uh, I was very lucky that through, uh, through a number of different uh, things, I got into a production company called Alcon Entertainment. They have an output deal through Warner Brothers, and I got into development there, which is essentially helping to... Uh, put together scripts and packages of artists to make the films that were happening. And so I, I worked there for a number of years and really uh, loved film and really loved that world, but also uh, really missed theater and really missed the uh, intimacy and the um, connectedness that you feel with everyone working kind of with one core focal point uh, to make theater work. Uh, and so I kind of evaluated where I was at in terms of my skill sets, in terms of what was going on, in terms of my future. And, uh, and so I went back to graduate school uh, for stage management because that was kind of what all of my skills and passion and excitement all kind of, kind of formed around. Uh, and so I went back to grad school, did that, which was really good for me when I went to do that. I was the oldest person in my class, which was fine. Uh, it's a funny thing going back to grad school because until you tell somebody what your age is, everyone just thinks everyone's the same age and it's cool. Uh, but it's, you know, whatever. Some people have things with that. Some people don't. Uh, and so I went to there and then through at, at the end of my grad school uh, time, I uh, got on that equity show uh, on a TYA contract and uh, flipped equity. And uh, then I worked on a number of equity projects around L.A. for a, a, a little bit of time and then uh, was hired at Cornerstone Theater Company as their production manager. And that was really awesome because uh, it was a steady thing, which was awesome for me at that time, uh, especially as we, were, my wife and I were potentially looking at having uh, our first kid. And uh, so it provided a steady kind of workload and framework and kind of outlay in terms of where we're going. And Cornerstone Theater Company is just such an outstanding organization. They do such great work in terms of building community and looking at how uh, we work as theater makers. Uh, so I did that. And then uh, an opportunity to teach at UC Irvine uh, popped up. And I had a long-term goal of wanting to teach, but uh, when it popped up, it was a little sooner than I thought. But uh, sometimes you just have to jump on opportunities and so I did, and thankfully uh, it went out, worked well, and now I've been here at UC Irvine for about six years. So many questions for you out of that. <laughs> um, okay, so first of all, one thing I want to make sure we talk about is, so it kind of sounds like you um, took some big risks in your career, and they've all paid out, which is great. Um, how, but specifically, <laughs> like, going from, like, steady uh, full-time work to freelancing, Mm -hmm. how how did you f make that decision right like did you like lay the groundwork to become freelance did you just kind of say I'm good I'm gonna do it like how did you make the decision to go from being full-time in one career to being freelance in a somewhat different career yeah um blind faith I think I think that's kind of the key to it um because I, I I had a dream in college of moving out to LA like the funny thing is I went on a uh uh, class, we had a thing called uh, January term where the month of January you could do one focal class. And w one year I did that and we went to Los Angeles and, and uh, looked at the film industry. And before that, I literally thought that I could never leave the state of Michigan, like, and that the film industry was like an impossible thing to get into or explore. And, uh, and then that kind of changed my, my mindset on that, that like it literally blew up the door that this is a possibility. And so that kind of was a, a bug in the back of my head for a number of years of something that I was excited and interested in. But I, I kept kind of delaying it, kind of putting it off because it just didn't feel like the right time. I, I had a number of different excuses. I didn't have enough money saved up I, I, to, to feel comfortable. All sorts of things that were pausing me from kind of taking a leap. And I think that's somewhat the problem that we take sometimes is that 
in our comfort uh, of, of just being where we're at, we don't take big risks. And sometimes if you want to try something or you want to expand beyond where you're at or kind of do something different, you, it's, you have to take a risk. I mean, uh, unfortunately, I, got, I, I often get a lot of metaphors about dating. I don't know why that is, but my student, I, this is with my students. So, uh, you know, if you don't talk to somebody, you're never going to have a relationship with them, right? Like if you just see them and think, oh, and see them around in various places, and you're like, oh, this person looks really cool, and you don't take a risk, it's not going to happen for you. Uh, and so I, I, I'm a big believer that folks should try to take risks. Uh, and sometimes big risks. And the funny thing about history is you share it in the positive, right? Like things totally. that I took risks on and didn't work out as well. But you typically don't talk about those as much. <laughs> uh, but they definitely exist, right? They definitely, uh, there's things that I've tried and have not worked so well. And I think, I just think that if you don't risk, uh, then it's not going to work out well for you. Uh, or might, let me let me amend that. Uh, Keith Johnstone, who's an improvisational, uh, kind of one of the founding fathers of, of the work, he has this phrase that, uh, I'm going to slaughter it, but here's a paraphrasing of it, is that those who take risks are rewarded with the adventure they have, and those that don't take risks are rewarded with the security that they have. And so both people win something, and it, neither one is good or bad, it's just those who take the risks have the big adventures, and those who don't have security and security is a lovely thing. I mean, at certain times in my life and certainly now uh, security is a, a wonderful thing. Uh, but if you just focus on security, you're going to stay where you are. And, and for some people that's great. And for some people it's not. Well, and also, you know, every, t even the times where it didn't work out or you failed or whatever that was, I'm sure it informed you and helped you move forward in some way, right? You still learned something from it. Absolutely. Except for when I didn't. <laughs> uh, but if you're open to it, I mean, I think that's the key. There's times in my life where I wasn't open to learning and I just got grumpy. Uh, but if you're open to learning, you can always learn something from every situation, even the ones that go funky or bad, uh, as some define it. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that's the key. And, and it only can make you stronger if you're open to, to what, it might ha what might happen with it. So you've been uh, working at UC Irvine for about six years now, right? Yeah. And um, talk a little bit more about what you do at UC Irvine, because even within the umbrella of you working there, you do a lot of things there. Yeah, so I, I teach. That's one thing that I do. Uh, mm -hmm. I help uh, lead the stage management program here, again, with graduate students and undergraduate students, which means that uh, we mentor the students on the various shows, which is one of the awesome things about grad school is that you can come in and take some big risks and you're kind of in a safety net of support and analysis in terms of what works and what doesn't work. Uh, I also uh, serve as a production manager for a group called Counterbalance Theater that one of my colleagues, Annie Louie, takes great literature and kind of creates a physical piece of theater about them. So that's a cool thing that I do. And I sometimes production manager on other uh, elements with that. Uh, I typically don't stage manage here. Uh, because one, I'm an equity member and two, uh, that's just not the model that we set up here. Uh, so I don't do that, but I annually, I produce a, a CUDA comedy festival, which is a, a four day free festival for the community that has over 30 different events, uh, exploring improvisation and comedy in that world. Uh, and I think that's just kind of muscle building for that kind of management organizational skills that is really helpful. And, and it's a huge benefit for students here to, both be exposed to different forms of comedy uh, and kind of different realms there. This past year, I had a graduate student, Eric, who was very interested in Cirque du Soleil. And so we put together a symposium with Cirque du Soleil. And he, through his networks and, and my network, created a Cirque du Soleil symposium as well. Uh, that was really fantastic. Uh, had several hundred people here that brought in 14 individuals from Cirque du Soleil to share about their work and experience. Again, I think all of this works under an umbrella of how I see what I do being about how do I open and expose the world for people, right? So uh, for my students and for the broader community, just like, you know, when I was in, in college and, and that J term uh, allowed me to see the possibilities of working in the film industry, uh, I feel like that's my goal. It's like, how do I open doors of opportunity and sometimes opportunity within just seeing somebody themselves, seeing what is available for them? Uh, and that's that's what I tried to do and what I'm doing here. So a lot of different things, but all underneath this kind of centralized umbrella of how do I 
open new doors for for others. Again, like going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's I just think it's so cool how wherever you've been in your life, you've managed to bring all of the things you're interested in into the way that you're living your life. And then, you know, like through the SMA and through teaching, you're then helping other people do the same thing, which is really cool. Awesome. Thank you. It's very kind. I, I've, I've been very blessed and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I'm excited that I can share it because I think I'm blessed with this integrated life in terms of how it is. And I, I, I'm really excited to share that other people can, can do that. Right. I think, uh, and I think sometimes the biggest limitation is our own minds, right. Our own kind of what I can and can't do. So I, I get really excited about opening doors of perception for folks to just let them know they can do this thing. And again, that's a byproduct of literally, I, can, I can't remember the, who it was. I could probably look up a note somewhere. But I literally remember somebody telling me on that J-term, like this woman that was producing uh, television or film, I, I don't remember which, but she literally said, look, I'm doing this. And if I'm doing this, you can too. And that's kind of been like a, a subconscious mantra of myself as well. Like I'm doing this. And if somebody else wants to do this or is excited about this work or this world, you can do it too, because I'm an example. So uh, don't follow my path, but just know that it, the path is open for you. Let's talk about uh, when you were freelancing before you joined Cornerstone Theatre Company. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what was it like for you to freelance as a stage manager in L.A.? Uh, freelancing is, is tricky, right? Like, and I think the key element is, is networking and I've gotten significantly better at networking now than I was at that point in my life. So, uh, but I was very lucky because a few of the people that I did have connections with had connections to people that could open doors of opportunity for me. So it was a little, it's, it's just tricky because I feel like that is the central element of how to be successful at freelancing, uh, and I mean, to me, you are the rock star of freelancing, right? You are you are like <laughs> opening the doors of opportunity and kind of really taking strategic steps in this. I think by far you're doing a better job than I ever did. But it, it, it's uh, it's a tricky it's a tricky business, and it really is about how do you get outside of yourself and outside of the space to connect with other people. And again, I was I was lucky because I had some colleagues that liked me enough to recommend me to other colleagues. But if you can be more proactive in that, again, like I I see you doing. Uh, I think you're so much more successful at it. And, and the exciting thing is a lot of people look at other hubs of the region, like New York or Chicago, and say, like, that, that's, those are where a lot of theater is going on. But I think there's so much going on in L.A., and there's so much going on in various spaces within the Western region. Like, there is careers to be had out here, right? You, you are an example. There are a, lot, a host of other examples. And sometimes there's some folks that are making careers specifically in theater, and then there's a lot of folks that are making careers in diverse areas that are out here that are unique, that are not in some of those hubs, that in some ways and sometimes are more exciting. Uh, but it's really trying to find alignment of like, where do you fit well within the world? And I know some people love freelancing and they that's their world and that's kind of energizes them. And I know some people that really would prefer more kind of steady, kind of like production management or like I am with an education right now provides a steady kind of framework. Uh, and I think sometimes we get in these judgmental states of if I like, if I don't like freelancing, that means I'm not meant to be a stage manager. And I, I just want to, again, relieve people of that or leave them or, or kind of take away that conceptualization because it's, it's not correct. I mean, there's a place for everyone within this world. They ju you just have to find where you align with the opportunities that are there. And I'm, I'm confident that they are there. Um, and sometimes they may not pay as much as you'd like, but they're there. Exactly. And a lot of why I'm doing this podcast, right, because I wanted to showcase, first of all, a bunch of people working on the West Coast that have really successful stage manager careers. And also some of them aren't, their job title isn't stage manager, but that's what they're doing. Yes. And you know what I mean? And some of them are full-time, some of them are freelance, some of them stage manage sometimes, and then they do other stuff sometimes. And all of them are very happy and be very successful. And it, they're all good options. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think in our, in our younger times, we sometimes get really caught up on like, this is my path, I need to do this. 
And I think if we can reconceptualize and open our minds to the possibilities, I'm amazed at how many jobs don't say stage manager, but literally are stage managers, right? Like it's, there's a lot of correlations, especially within corporate work or within those worlds where there may be different titles, but you're doing the exact same skill set, and it's so transferable. So uh, next question for you. How did the SMA or the Stage Managers Association become a part of your life? That is a great question. Uh, so interestingly enough, one of the things uh, within academia that they don't really tell you in coming in is that you still actually have to keep uh, an entirely separate career of work going on in some degree or, or some sort of representation of yourself in the world. And especially at a larger institution like UC Irvine, they really want you to kind of really build your reputation and your exposure within the world. And uh, as I looked out in the world, I thought I, I looked at kind of where are, is there large organizations that are kind of national or internationally known. And uh, the Stage Managers Association is literally the only professional association for stage managers in the United States. Like they, it is an organization that is built around and centralized in terms of how do we support, educate, advocate for stage managers. And uh, it's an organized organization, right? So it's not a union, it's an association. So you don't have to have a certain amount of working level to, to engage in it. You just need to have a certain level of investment in, th in terms of the world and a willingness to pay the annual fee that helps then support the mission of the organization, which I know some people uh, get a little funky about in terms of paying in to, to belong to something. But that's essentially what equity is, right? We're paying in to get something out and we're paying into this association so that there can be a wide range of benefits from the going out nights that, that you can get money for, you know, appetizers or things that are going to within that realm. You've got uh, awards, you've got various events that are going on. And so it's really kind of like taxes where we could all not pay taxes, but then our collective well-being will be challenged because we don't have resources to help that. So it's it's an association that helps people by gathering resources and, and a focal point uh, and, and everyone's kind of on the same page. And so as I was looking at how do I kind of explore my national reputation in terms of my need to do that for UC Irvine to get tenure, I looked at I looked out there and this was an organization. So I got involved initially as a secretary, denoting the notes for the meetings and kind of helping a little bit with membership, not as much as I should, but a little bit uh, Adrian Wells is amazing and, and has been spectacular and working on that for a number of years. And I have great gratitude and respect for her, as well as her professional stage management career. And uh, But I did that for a little while. And then I uh, the opportunity to be the Western Regional Director came open. And so I uh, went up for election for that and, and won that, which was great. And so I've been serving as the Western Regional Director for a few years now. And it's been fantastic uh, because my initial goal was somewhat, I mean, I'll be very frank, somewhat self-serving because I wanted to advance my career at UC Irvine. So I wanted to expose my national exposure. Uh, so that kind of was one thing. But as I got involved, I was kind of overwhelmed at uh, how many benefits and how much of an awesome thing this organization was, because not only does it expose me and connect me to a number of people beyond my sphere of awareness, but it connects me with people that are really passionate about stage management and advancing it and helping it to grow and develop and helping others within the field. Uh, I love that there's a there's an explosion of Facebook groups and social media groups and even different uh, kind of online networks and resources for stage managers. However, it's somewhat a, a kind of collective or um, confederacy of just different people that are working together kind of just out there. You're never quite sure kind of who they are or where they are. And I found through the SMA, I've gotten direct connections of meeting specific people who I know are invested in advancing this stage management world. And, and they are committed to doing that in so much that they're willing to give money out of their pocket to support the centralized mission and vision of the organization, which kind of just is a different level of commitment. Uh, and then there's a ton of benefits from that as well. I think, I mean, three of the, three of the things that kind of resonate most with me is, is the uh, the stage management recognition right with the Dell Hughes Lifetime Achievement Award for Excellence in the Art of Stage Management. So they have that in New York every year. And I, I think uh, historically there's been this model of stage managers kind of being in the back and being in the dark. And if no one knows that you're there, you've done a good job. And I've really seen in the past several years that that model is shifting. And I think that's exciting because 
I think stage managers that are really great at their job should be recognized in some way because they literally are such a central hub to the entire production process that not recognizing or seeing them kind of feels devaluing in some ways, right? So if people aren't seen or aren't recognized, there's a, a lessening of who they are. And I, I mean, it's incredible at the, that the joke that constantly comes up at stage management gatherings when we talk to non-stage managers is, what is a stage manager? What do they do? I, I'm, I'm still not certain my mom knows what I do in terms of stage management. And I think uh, it's a little problematic. And so part of that process is how do we educate and become uh, come out of the shadows a little bit and be out there in terms of what we do? Because we are such a central component to the process of creating theater and creating live events that I think that a little recognition would be good, not out of ego, but just out of, you know, when you do it well, it should be honored. And so I'm thrilled that, that we have this award and I hope someday we'll get a Tony. I know there's mixed feelings about that, but I'm still hoping for that. Um, so that's my thoughts. And then there's also this element of education, like this podcast I think is awesome because my path and my background is you, you kind of get one perspective on what stage management is or what a stage management's about, usually from your college professors or from whoever's mentoring you. And there's a, a, a wider swath of options out there, right? Uh, I love the biannual stage management survey that asks questions about how we work within the industry, but because it really opens up uh, us breaking out of this kind of uh, rut thinking of like, there's only one way to stage management. There's a wide range to stage management, and there's a wide range of skills and approaches to stage management, which I think are exceptionally exciting. And if we only see our one way and we don't educate ourselves to the broader spectrum, then we think our way is the right way versus really evaluating, is it the right way? Are there different ways to do this that might be more effective? Uh, and then the last thing that really excites me about the, the organization is the networking. Um, because I think since I joined the SMA, the my network of stage managers has exploded. It, I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I literally almost know somebody within every region of the United States who's a stage manager that if I needed to reach out to and say, hey, I, I I'm going to come out to this area or I have a student or I have a colleague or if somebody that's coming out to this area, they're either running a show or they're going to be participating in this. Can you give them any suggestions? Like I have that network now that literally before I got involved with the SMA, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have that. And I think that there's an element of I've been really invested in the organization, which is awesome. And so I've gotten a lot of out of it. So I feel like sometimes when I'm talking with folks about the SMA, uh, people will say, oh, yeah, I joined that earlier on, and then I, I didn't really see the benefits, so I kind of stepped away. And and I, I haven't yet, but I my, my follow-up question is always, well, how involved with you, or how like how much did you lean into the organization? Because I feel like if you're, you, you get sometimes as much as out as you put into something, and if you uh, take that risk and expose yourself and be a little bit vulnerable to, you know, giving your time and your efforts, you'll get that back. And I've, in my experience, I, I can't say 100% of the time, but I, I, the vast majority of the time, I've gotten more back than I've put into almost every experience that I've had, uh, which is which is awesome. And so I love that. And, I, and I, that's what I really appreciate about the SMA because they kind of help to facilitate that and kind of uh, open those doors of opportunities. I think that's such an interesting and key part to being a member of the SMA because I have that conversation a lot with people too is like oh I joined and then I didn't really see the benefits so I didn't renew my membership and you know it's like anything else right like you can join a gym but if you don't go to the gym nothing's (laughs) gonna happen yeah yeah it's amazing you know what I mean and even just like if if you just for anyone that is a member and is currently contemplating here is a really good thing to do go on the website because really everything you need or could want is available to you on that website. I would say. Yeah, it's incredible. I've been involved in a couple organizations that are on this, uh, a similar path or level, different, different areas and different, uh, different focuses, but the SMA really is a well-organized organization. So they have a lot of things going for them in terms of how they organize. And if you don't go on the website, you don't know how good it is. And there's there's definitive benefits to being a member, uh, including at any point, any member can say, hey, I want to do an event called an SMA go out night. And I'm going to organize this in my area. And I'm just going to put it on the SMA website. 
and I'm going to organize it. And let's say three stage managers show up. That that counts, and they the SMA will provide a certain amount of money back for you to provide an appetizer or some sort of shared uh, food for folks. And that's a direct cash value benefit that you can do to get back from what you put in. And you can organize a million of those if you want. Like get, Part of the goal of the SMA is how do we network? And so they want to do as much as they can to facilitate that actual concrete networking versus it's easy to type on a Facebook group a thought or a question. But getting in front of somebody and getting out of our uh, kind of siloed stage management calling booths, uh, <laughs> I think really benefits us, uh, especially as we're trying to work more, trying to maybe trying to expand our uh, opportunities of work. And for anybody that's like, well, only two or three people are going to show up, so it's not really worth it. Absolutely, it is worth it. Let me tell you, right? Back to what you're saying about networking. That's that's two or three people you didn't know before. Yeah. Totally worth your time. And I would also argue sometimes less people means more FaceTime. Yeah, and maybe deeper conversations. I know I don't seem like it often. I don't present as it, but I'm an introvert, and I don't always get energized from being with people. Um, and so uh, sometimes I'm a little pulled back. But getting out of your shell and kind of reaching out and, and connecting with a few people, you can get a deeper conversation, have a deeper connection that actually often will open more doors than, than if you had like 30 people there and you had like a five minute conversation with everybody. I would dare say if you spent 20 minutes with one person, you're going to more likely have a stronger connection with them than the five minute with, you know, the, the, the 30 people. Another thing I wanted to talk about, because you, you've done a couple of the SMA events that happen now. You've uh, hosted or um, arranged some of them. And I think it's really important to talk about as like the Western rep, like how you decide to have a big event and like the topics that you talk about when you're doing the day conferences or like, you know, the meeting with the Hamilton stage managers. Like how do those events come to be? Well, I'm a big collaborator, and so I am always open towards uh, people's suggestions and opportunities, and I am continually having my radar out for what people want and what people need. And so the events that we typically do is are based on kind of what's in the, in the kind of cultural zeitgeist of, of uh, you know, what are we talking about or what are we excited about right now? And then there's, we also try to do some feedback surveys from events in terms of getting people's feedback in terms of what they want to talk about or what they want to say. Um, the, the Hamilton panels, I actually did two of them out here with two different tours, uh, which were awesome, both of them spectacular. And spoiler alert, I love that show. And so uh, that was purely birthed out of Joe uh, Drummond in, in the central region having one of those panels and I thought man that's awesome I wish I could be a part of that but it's in the central region and I can't get on a plane and go to that but that's like that would be a dream of mine and so I was like is there any way we can make that happen here and thankfully my my colleagues in the SMA were all supportive and helped me network to make those happen through their connections and uh and it was spectacular and I think that's kind of the, the process of like kind of being open to feedback and open to uh, exploring and open to trying to make things happen, um, which is awesome and exciting. And then and then actually executing those things, right? One of the, the exciting things that are going to be coming up in this fall is that we're going to do a, a stage manager and producer speed networking event in Los Angeles. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super awesome. And that was something that was uh, suggested to me, I think, by you. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited about it. Awesome. And so I started researching and I, I looked at other regions in terms of how they're doing it and how they've done it well, because there's a lot of them have done it well. And I've talked to a number of people in L.A. And it's amazing that people are, around L.A. are saying, we've been trying to organize this for decades and we haven't been able to do it. And I think it's a matter of both having an idea and then uh having folks that, like myself and some folks that are collaborating with me on this that are willing to say, okay, we'll commit to doing it. Uh, and so uh, I think that's part of the process of the SMA too that, that people should be aware of is that sometimes people think organizations are, are walls to kind of stop things and limit things. And, uh, and there's like people that can have things happen and people that can't. And I think that uh, healthy organizations are ones that uh, hear what people want to do and say, yes, how can we support you? And I think that's what the SMA is as well. It's like if somebody has an idea about doing something out there or an event like a View from the Wings event in their region, 
they should reach out to us or what one of our regional representatives and say, hey, I would like to do this. And I can almost 100 percent say that we will say, great, how can we support you? And we will try to find some logistical or networking support to make that happen if the member was anywhere in, in the entire country, uh, because we want to support people. And if somebody's willing to take on the challenge, we will support them to do whatever they want to do that helps support, educate, advocate and uh, network stage managers, uh, because that's kind of what we're charged with. Our, our whole goal and charge is how do we support our field? And so if somebody has a, an idea or is excited about something, uh, our option and opportunity is to say yes and how can we support? This podcast is such a great example of that, right? Because, you know, I wasn't able to go to the View from the Wings event that happened recently, but I like wanted to talk about, you know, stage managing on the West Coast and all of the different opportunities. And I was like, cool, I can't go to the event, but like, what if I do a podcast? And you guys were like, sure, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, it's, you're going to get so much out of this, I think, and other people are going to then ripple out and get so much out of this because you're willing to step in, right? Uh, if I show up to an organization, or if I, let's, let's, let's put this in a very practical kind of our world thing. If like, I show up to a rehearsal and I just sit back and, and sit in the corner and don't do anything, I'm not getting anything out of that rehearsal. And in fact, I'm probably gonna get fired or definitely not hired back, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I mean, the same thing is with the SMA, is like, if you lean in and get engaged and say, hey, I'm gonna help organize, I'm gonna help work, I'm gonna help do things, you are going to get benefits for yourself. You're going to get benefits for other people. And it's just going to ripple out the, the good that's happening because of you being willing to take a risk and do something that is slightly uncomfortable, take something away from you, right? Because anytime I took a risk, every risk comes with a, uh, a loss of some sorts, right? So to take a risk means I need to do something different than what I've been doing. And so I need to give up that thing or give up security, right, in order to do that thing. And so the same as with stepping in and doing events, you have to you have to give up some time or give up some comfort in order to do it. But the potential is that you're going to get even better things back if you're willing to to do that thing and 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 give up some of yourself for the greater good. I like this theme of taking chances and risk and uh, getting outside of your comfort box that we've had throughout this entire podcast interview, I think it's really key and really important and not something that everybody talks about. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like specifically stage managers too, uh, because we are so mindful of uh, the world uh, on the stage and things that are happening and, and focusing on safety and, you know, how do we maintain things that we sometimes uh, can be a little... Uh, I just hold it in a little bit more, a little bit more critical, a little bit more less willing to uh, take leaps. Uh, and I'm, take, I'm speaking for myself personally, and I, I'm generalizing a little bit, and I apologize if that's totally not for anyone else. But like, if we're just holding it all in and just kind of trying to be in control all the time, we're missing out on some opportunities that uh, are fairly exciting to be more collaborative and more open and more uh, engaged with the brighter and, and wider world. I'm feeling a lot of Brene Brown references throughout our conversation today. She has a Netflix special that just came out. And awesome. first of all, it's amazing. Everyone should watch it. Also, you should all read Daring Greatly by Brene Brown if you haven't already. Um, it's good for every stage manager's soul. But one of the Brene Brown quotes that I live by and I really try to remind myself about, she says... Um, if you aren't in the arena also getting your ass kicked, I'm not interested in your feedback. Ah, uh, yeah, that's great. That's yeah, great. And it just resonates so much, I think, with our conversation today and this idea about like taking risks and being messy and trying something new. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, you're going to, at least for me, I know whenever I've, you know, tried to do something different, there's been some judgment and like, well, why aren't you taking that job? That job's amazing. And I'm like, cool. Well, if you want it, you should take it because I don't. <laughs> and yeah. also like, I'm trying to do this other cool thing. And like, I know it looks weird and uncomfortable to you and that's great. So like, I don't need your feedback, but that's hard. <laughs> it's hard to like remember that and process that, but it's just so real and um, I don't know. I've been thinking about that quote throughout our entire conversation. Yeah. Oh, humans are messy, right? Like we make <laughs> mistakes and step on each other's toes. And uh, the choice is either to continue to, to engage or to disengage. And I think 
by engaging, you only get stronger. And yet we got to try to engage healthily, right? Like, so uh, coming in with judgment about one another when we're all on different paths and not valuing each of our journeys, I think is, uh, is par- part of the problems why there's so much dissatisfaction, why social media is bringing us down versus bringing us up. Cause we're like, I want that thing versus awesome. You had that thing, right? Like uh, it's a weird sort of like uh, our own self lens that is kind of limiting us versus being, I don't know, just excited about what, what other people are doing and that other people can be on a different path. That's not my same path. And that what my version of what they should be doing is my version of what they should be doing, not their version of what they should be doing. Cause they're, they're on a path and they're making strategic choices, which is another thing that I really appreciate about you is that you're very specifically making choices in terms of your career, which I think again, elevates very successful stage managers uh, versus those that just kind of because because you're making strategic choices in terms of your career versus those that just kind of fall into job to job to job and not to say that they aren't successful in one version of success but they are safe and have that security which is fine and lovely but if their goal is to get to a specific point it's a lot harder to do that by falling into opportunities which a lot of us do early on in our career versus strategically going after things or again, turning down things and risking to get something new or something uh, more adventurous. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm definitely trying Uh, work in progress. (laughs) Yeah, we all are. Yeah. (laughs) Before we wrap up, um, I want to know what advice do you have for people that are looking to get more involved with the SMA? One, be a member. (laughs) That's step one. Uh, and then uh, after that, I think um, just reach out, take the risk, uh, write an email, uh, look at in terms of the people that are out there, the opportunities or the benefits that are there for members and uh, and go for one of those things uh, or make a suggestion of something that you'd be willing to do uh, to help support another stage manager, another person, because uh, sometimes by giving again, we get more uh, and so make an offer and see kind of what comes back. Uh, don't just sit back and wait for something to happen to you. Cause that's, that's the death of a career. Um, Cause the thing will never come. So put yourself out there. And I, I will say that another surprise about education and teaching that came to me is that I never was more aware of how to do my job well uh, until I had to try to teach it to somebody else. Right. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. sometimes, you know, when we're in the moment, we're just kind of running and gunning and kind of just doing the gig and we can't really conceptualize as to what we're doing. But when we have to download that into a, another mind that has no frame of reference or limited frame of reference uh, or a younger person, we kind of reflect on um, just how how do we do this and how to do it well. And uh, by teaching it, you, you actually learn it stronger, become stronger in your craft. So that's a, a plug for why folks should be maybe mentors and uh it's really life affirming as well in our careers because really interesting my wife they they they're a psychologist and uh they taught me this interesting technique that you would think of yourself when you are kind of unhappy with where you are in your career kind of what's going on and they said that you should look back as if you were your younger self looking at where you are now and think about how uh how they feel about where you are now in your position. And that's an interesting lens to look at. Like if, if my younger self was looking at where I was at in my career right now, my younger, young Joel would be like, Oh my gosh, I cannot believe what you're doing. I mean, there's some days now I can't believe what I'm doing. It's unbelievable. I mean, then there's some days that I'm kind of like, I don't know, just like, why am I doing all this? But if I can look at through a lens of like gratitude and like awareness of what this gift is, it just changes the landscape uh and it's awesome oh, that's such good advice though i really like that um which leads me into my last question for you if you could give your younger self your baby stage manager self one piece of advice what would it be yeah it's a great question that's a great uh question i think um i would tell my my baby stage manager uh to Invest more time in in doing what's important to you and take your time 
don't rush because life is long and this career is long. Uh, and uh, this sounds totally pluggy, but I reach out to organizations and people like the SMA uh, <laughs> because literally, uh, I didn't even know this organization was around when I was coming up, uh, but I had no idea that it existed. And I think that there's a lot of organizations and opportunities that are around that I think our younger generation of people and my younger self was not aware of. And if I would have, I probably could have gotten to where I wanted to go faster if I would have been more aware of the landscape. And so, uh, I mean, the, the unifying thing is education. So be more educated. <laughs> Both Take the time to educate yourself uh, and, and take the time to really invest in your education versus kind of rushing through it and uh and educate yourself in terms of the op options and opportunities that are out there to help you get ahead because i think i think that just help so joel if people want to reach out to you after listening to this episode and ask questions or get involved more with the sma or you know talk about any of the things in more depth that we've talked about today how do they get in touch with you I think if, if people want to reach out to me, they can find me at the University of California, Irvine. I'm on faculty there, and they can reach out to me there. Otherwise, I'm on the SMA website. You can find me there. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I tell this to stage managers that come and uh, interview to possibly come here because we interview a wide range of them, and, and not all of them get into our program because we only take usually three a year for our graduate stage management program. And I, I tell them, every one of them, uh, feel free to continue to use me as a resource because stage managers are such isolated individuals in their careers and in their roles and in their teams that we often don't realize what a resource we can be to one another. And, and whether you get into UCI or whether you don't, uh, I'm, I'm still willing to help you because I want to help stage managers advance in their process. And we can only do that by, we don't only advance in anything by leaning in and working together and being together. So, uh, so folks can find me on those websites, and, uh, and I'm happy to be as supportive as I can. Keeping in mind, I, I do a lot, so sometimes it takes me a little bit of time. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, thanks for joining me today, Joel. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Well, that concludes another episode of Hashtag SM Life. Uh, by now you know the drill, but just in case, a few things before you go. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. It's going to help other stage managers find our show. Also, make sure to click subscribe so you see the new episodes as they show up every week. This podcast is presented by the Stage Managers Association. If you want to keep up with the SMA on social media, they have all the socials. They have Twitter, they have Facebook, they have Instagram. Definitely check them out. Also, if you want to keep up with me on the socials, you can look for me on Instagram at Morgan underscore Zupanski. On this week's episode of Hashtag SM Life, you heard from Jill Veenstra and myself, Morgan Zupanski. Thanks again for listening and stand by for more episodes soon. <laughs>